0: Hi, this is Richard Blank, CEO of Costa Rica's Call Center. So happy to be a guest today on Culture Matters Podcast with my friend, Chris Smith. When you're developing your international business, one thing is often forgotten cultural differences. The Culture Matters International Business Podcast does exactly
1: that focus on international business and cultural differences. Chris and Peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode.
0: Get the global perspective here at the Culture Matters International Business Podcast.
1: Hi Richard, good morning or good afternoon or good evening. I don't really know where you are. I see an interesting background, um, which, we, which we will talk about in a moment as well. Um, so why, do you, why don't why you uh, give us a bit of an introduction about yourself? Who are you? Uh, where are you from? And where are you now? That's also interesting. And then also, if you can, give us a bit of your cultural frame of reference the cultural frame of reference is more so something that you have as an international experience, that kind of, that kind of thing. That's so nice.
0: go ahead. Chris, I can't thank you enough for being a guest here today. Your audience is amazing. I got a lot of stories to tell and it really all begins in Northeast Philadelphia. I was born in the United States and I really loved Spanish. I didn't follow in certain footsteps in my family of Harvard Law or Columbia Business School or Washington and Lee. I was more of a free language spirit so I was a language major at Arizona and at 27 years old I had the opportunity to move to Costa Rica and Central America and I've been here for the past 23 years I learned the industry from the inside out working at my friend's center and 15 years ago I started my own business so I am the CEO <laughs> of Costa Rica's call center and also has the largest pinball collection in Central America for my agents and myself.
1: Okay. All right. So you, you went to, you were born in Philadelphia in the U S you, as an American, you had a, uh, do you have a neck for languages or did you just, is it just interest? A little bit
0: of both. I saw positive reinforcement. And then if all the world's a stage, you can almost practice it in dedicated practice outside the classroom and without study, uh-huh. because there's a certain uh, pastimes you have or interest where you got to go find a boat or get in a plane or, have something to plug in but when you speak a second language like yourself who speaks multiple languages i know mm-hmm. um, it opens many doors and i think the world becomes a little bit more colorful it That's becomes true. more of a painting than a print in a sense That's you true. become more engaged
1: Entonces, ¿podemos, podemos
0: Como dos idiomas, inglés y Si será
1: Okay, okay, okay. No, not to worry. Let's just continue in English. That's the, uh, I think, the easiest one. So, um, Costa Rica. I have a few questions about this because I, I did read, read your bio. Evidently, um, as as you you started explaining, and at twenty seven, what gives you the idea? Okay, first of all, why Spanish and why not French for instance or Italian or um, and then why Costa Rica why Central America why not South America why not Colombia a bigger country or Buenos Aires for instance um, and then of course we move into the whole call center um, the business that you're in so how did that all develop so first of all let's start with number one um, why Spanish and not French for instance
2: That's
0: why you have the best podcast, Chris. Well, in high school, they gave you an option of three languages, German, French, Mm -hmm. or Spanish. And growing up, I came from a comfortable family. My parents were generous. They liked to travel. So when I was very young, we took trips into Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I got to see Mexico City, Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco, and... Besides enjoying myself on these spring break vacations, I kind of came back with 20 vocabulary words, and this was at a very young age. And so I I saw that it was fun to speak languages, and given the option, I gravitated towards it. And I really was at such an advanced level that I got a college recommendation letter from my teacher for this. So it was really more, I was the only one out of my friends that could do it. It made me marketable. I was too immature to choose a profession mm-hmm. that you have to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in four to ten years of your life mm-hmm. to learn. I think that would have been irresponsible to my parents and even to myself. But you know, Chris, sometimes you get butterflies or the wind goes in a certain direction. Yeah, this spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. And something was calling me to. Go with this language because whatever this momentum was, and if I could grasp it and hold on to it, it would take me places. And so Costa Rica wasn't on a whim. I studied this in college and I interned for Telemundo and worked for Corona Beer postgrad. But a friend of mine owned a center here. And he's in, in Costa Rica. Huh? And he, a friend from college, and he wanted me to come down for a couple months just to teach advanced English. Mm-hmm. And um, two months turned into four years. I, It was weird because I was only supposed to come down for two months. So I had an apartment back in Scottsdale, uh-huh. but I stayed. So if you can get past your parents' guilt and sometimes make selfish <laughs> decisions because you know it's in your own best interest, I kind of put all my stuff in storage in Arizona and stayed. And it's been 23 years. I, I fell in love, married the girl of my dreams. We started this company, but The point being is, how how do you keep building on this momentum? Well, I was at my friend's center. I was with the proletariat. I wasn't sea level. So when you're in the cubicle in an educational environment, especially with the art of speech, people that are bilingual with intense concentration, but they're more animated. They're standing up when they're speaking. They're using expanded vocabulary because, once again, they're scalated. They really are engaged in these conversations. Do they have an accent? Sure, Chris, but, mm-hmm. you know, it bears the mark of higher education, and an accent's a beauty mark. I mean, people sure. love hearing accents.
1: Sure. Yeah, that that that's so why and, and so basically so you went to Costa Rica not so much by accident but because you had somebody there there's a friend of yours and that's why that's it, it was that's why it was Costa Rica and not Guatemala or or Mexico exactly. where you had a little bit more experience
0: yes and, and and also it's a nice place because of the democracy there's great infrastructure well-educated workforce, 95% literacy rate, no standing army. I and mean, our, our location to my home, the United States. Okay. Yeah. It, it's very close. We're on mountain time zone right now. So people can visit me in just a couple of hours and I can get home. Mm-hmm. So it, it made a lot of sense for me because I did live in Europe. I, I was there my junior year in college. I stayed for 10 months. I lived in Spain and then traveled. Europe over the winter of 93. Mm -hmm. And that was the most amazing time of my entire life. That really shed some skin. Uh And I came back to the United States to finish my university, a different man, a learned man. And I'll tell you a secret. When you're 21 years old in Europe, all you want to do is party. And that's what, what we did. But let me put it this way. I would go to the museums. I would see the ruins. I would take a couple extra hours to do what I wanted to do for that experience and then meet you over at the disco. (laughs) So a lot of people were just there for the fun and I was there for both. I really wanted to have the full experience of learning history and seeing if I could grow from that, Chris. And so it, it made the world, as you say, a little bit smaller because I came from Philly, but there are some beautiful places in this world, and some very interesting people, and it yeah. it just opened my eyes that
1: uh, everyone and anyone could be your friend. Yes, no, that's that's true. I've I, I'm, myself, I've never been to Costa Rica. I've been to Guatemala many times. That's the country I know best in um, in in Latin America, if you want. Um, I've been to Chile, to Buenos Aires, to Colombia, to other uh, Caracas. And so I know well, I know more or less the area pretty well. And you're in the capital, San Jose?
0: Uh, the call center is I live outside the city. But oh, yes, okay. we're right there. it's very flexible for the agents. We, okay. We're we in a place called Barrio Aranjuez, uh-huh. which is right by universities and the third largest hospital, Calderon Guardia. So unlike the office parks, the free trade zones, Industrial zones. Uh-huh. My call center, which can hold 300 seats, is centrally located. Yeah, so the agents can walk here or just have a couple-minute drive to get here. So the the convenience is incredible for them.
1: I can imagine. Just for my curiosity, because the reason I like Guatemala or or the city or Antigua, which is next to the to the capital, the former capital. Yeah. And- It's the climate. The climate is fantastic. It's the the Guatemala or the city is called the the city or the country of eternal spring. Um, Is San Jose, is that on an altitude or is that at sea level? Uh, Well,
0: we're up here in the mountains in the middle of the country, but uh, Uh in a valley. But it's interesting because if you can get to the top of some of these peaks, you can see the ocean on one of the sides. Um, but guatemala been there so many times even Tikal, where you got to see the old ruins and they yes, only excavated yes, about 20 percent of it but what a spiritual
1: country yeah, I, and i had a wonderful time
0: there
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah me too i, I that's I, I like the fact that, that the country's compact uh, compact enough i mean i'm a dutchman I'm coming from the netherlands the country guatemala is three times the size of, of the netherlands and it, It's overseeable, Indeed, you can you can the climate is ideal. Um, You can go to the to the tropics anytime you want in a three hour drive. You're at the beach. Those kind of things. um, It's the only the only thing that I still find uh, difficult to wrap my head around is the danger, the the potential violence, danger. Um, How's that situation in Costa Rica for you?
0: Well, I know that I'm a guest here. I don't walk around at three in the morning licking my thumb and counting hundred dollar bills in boys town. I mean, uh-huh. that's where you know you're gonna get in trouble. Yes. And if you're looking for trouble, you're gonna find trouble. And so, um, as long as you are not loud and obnoxious and you use your own customs to a place that are not accustomed to you asking for things, you I, I I've seen that having patience assists you a because maybe a language barrier b because you don't know the protocol and see you don't want to make a fool of yourself
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i've seen as they say certain cultures with expectations demonstrate that they're not home <laughs> and they're in another country but not, even
1: better. though i mean you, you stick out i mean you stick out that everybody sees that you're that you're well, the first guess they will make is that you're a gringo you're american that's sure. uh, when they look at my face, they see the same. They see, first of all, they see a bag of money, and second, they, 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 they see that you're not from there. And they're utterly surprised if you actually are able to speak the language. So, but um, you, do, you, you do stick out. We're talking
0: about what we see on the outside. And of uh-huh. course, I'm, I would like, I could be referred to as a gringo, but I like to see myself as an extron hero. You know, I'm a foreigner. Uh You want to classify me as gringo? Fine. There's same message, different delivery. I can classify myself other ways which are legitimate. Mm -hmm. And then also I'm speaking your language. So once again, it goes from the surface into depth. The second way, I'm readjusting the tones with you. The third thing, being here for decades, knowing your culture, marrying somebody in your culture, getting a job and paying money back. How much more depth do you need from me to the point of where I have more depth in your country than... You do, yeah. all you did was you were born here. I'm the one who seems to be more active, more engaged. I know more of your fruit, travel more of your country. So if you yeah. wanna size me up, that's fine. You had a home court advantage, but guess what, Chris, I just laughed you three times. Yeah. And so I, I do it in a very respectful way, letting you know that I have such an interest of where I'm at that please don't prejudge me on the other people did that not take the time to do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to properly visit, and partake in your culture. And so those are the sort of things. It's not their fault. They just had 99 bad experiences before Chris and Richard showed up. I mean, that's <laughs> the only difference.
2: Okay.
1: So t- t- tell us, Richard, how did you end up in doing um, uh, call centers? That's, that's not an obvious thing. And I-, I also don't think it's obvious to do this in Costa Rica.
0: No, it is not. And in fact, I fell into it. Uh No one ever grows up saying, hey, Mama, I want to be a CEO of a call center, let alone a telemarketer. Usually when you're growing up, your mom screams and says how much they hate telemarketers. And so um, what did I see? I I saw areas in which came easy to me, almost like a musician that can just play from hearing the music. Mm -hmm. I realized this, my friend, I couldn't do the IT side. You can hire specialists, CTOs, accounting. That's a chore. So you, when you get large, you need assistance. Mm-hmm. Same with human resources, same with attorneys. Mm-hmm. And so if my Richard trunk of tree could get some branches and roots, there's a very good chance we could be stable here. And so I, I know my strengths and it's phonetics. It's onboarding. I like rhetoric. I like structure and discipline. I can really enhance skills. And I've been able to surround myself with people that have been with me over a decade that believed in me. And it wasn't because I was a fast talker and flashed cash. Actually, no. I can explain to you how I even ramped up my company. It's, it's the people that saw the vigor. The fact that I used to come to work on time. I don't dress like this all day, every day. I'm doing it for you and your audience. Uh-huh. But the fact that I, I would let them know, I would praise them in public and I would give them some Philly guilt in private, but not the kind of thing to knock you down. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a Mr. Miyagi, Daniel son bending, but not to break. Mm-hmm. And since I know this crap and I just don't write checks, Anybody that comes into the business process outsourcing industry, especially a telemarketer or someone that uses the phone, they can gauge me. They can judge my skills depending on how aggressive they want to be. I may or may not agree to that Mm -hmm. situation. But point being is they'll realize I know how to wield a sword. And I guess a testament of time is a track record. And the market speaks.
1: But you have to start somewhere and then you do not have a track record yet.
0: So look at the bricks behind me. We're sitting on 300 seats. And so I I, I really become even more humble when time goes on. And mm-hmm. all I want to do is pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest things a leader can do is really eat last, speak last, mm-hmm. and listen to everybody. And if they say something, explain why. And I think it's a meeting of the minds. That's how Lennon McCartney used to put out those songs. And so mm-hmm. The only way to build on somebody's skills is, is to allow them to do this. Uh, that's what a leader does. And a lot of these people gravitate towards that and give me the extra, not not the overtime or asking for more money. No, the people that come to my office, knock on the door and have a suggestion. Who really does that? The people that want to run their own companies one day. Mm-hmm. They're just using my medium to practice their moves. So when it's their, when it's their own time, Chris, they'll be ready.
1: Did you say you have 300 people behind you or 300 people working for you?
0: I have a 300-seat center. We're about 150. And when COVID hit, I sent the majority of the people home. So we have about 20% on site. Most are hybrid now.
1: Okay. All right. That makes sense as well. Uh, And and are they all Costa Ricans? Yes, they are. But there are some people with legal paperwork.
0: Uh-huh. Which we can hire, and a lot of the people have served in the military that have dual citizenship that come back, and All right. those are always my favorites.
1: Okay, I understand. If you if you look at the Costa Rican side and look at the American side in terms of culture or cultural differences, then that's it's it's not an obvious thing to do for for a native Costa Rican who might be bilingual to actually go and go to the boss and say, "Listen, boss, I have a suggestion. Maybe you can do this or this and this better." That's not a natural or native thing to do, I presume.
0: In their environment. In their environment. You're talking about cultural matters and its globalization and everyone needs to work with one another. Well, then allow me to bring my rocky Philadelphia skills into Costa Rica with your Passe Pura Vida way. We -hmm. could mix it together and do a very nice fifth gear sort of way to get in there compared to grinding second. And it's just... It's very easy. They, they have the will to make these calls. They have the experience. Amazon is here. All the large centers are here. They're bilingual. They want a return on investment. Mm-hmm. That's great. The only thing is some people taught them to try to push their way for an appointment or compromise their ethics. Uh-huh. My good friend. A smile is universal. Sharing food is universal. Yeah, Breathing together and giving natural light and nice aesthetic environments Could be considered universal,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so I believe cultural matters is very easy because you got about eighty percent of natural things that happen in the world that we all love and can relate to in any language, even without words. Mm -hmm. And that twenty percent is how to land that plane, and where do we put it? And so, what I try to do is to give a people the most comfortable environment where it's non-threatening. Fear is just because they, they think they're gonna get in trouble with the cops, with the teacher, or with a boss. Yeah. Well, that's you. It's not me. And we were young ones. We sat in your shoes. We know what it's like to have fun in your 20s. But then again, there's a responsibility and accountability to me and to the client. And also, if you can't crack this level, Chris, how are you going to get to the next level? And these are the sort of real conversations I have with people because I see their potential. Not just calling you champ on a Wednesday, Chris. No, last Tuesday, when you spoke to Mrs. Jones, you sold 44 boxes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That call was incredible. You got past the secretary. You did a military alphabet. You did five positive escalations telling you how great everyone's at her company. And then they asked to speak to me to say how great you were. I go, of course, I'm buying you pizza. And now you're the man. Mm -hmm. And and so these are the sort of things that people tell me they never got before. Sincerely, that is. Understand. Or, Or an owner gets to know their name on the first day. But how about this, buddy? Part of their training class, I will put them in my arcade. I'll play pinball and Pac-Man and air hockey with all the other agents in the class, the brand new new kids and myself. Why? So we play together. So it reduces any sort of Monday morning, I can't believe I'm in a new job training class, Mm -hmm. stress. No, no, no. Dessert first. Let's play. Let's laugh. Let's make some friends. And so when you're in the... In the room, you've gone from a 10 to a two, and you've expanded that eight forward. Mm -hmm. So now instead of absorbing, now you're raising hands and contributing because all your bodies there are motivating you. And so I start strong. Mm -hmm. That's where we begin. I don't need to build up that confidence. Let's, Let's go for it. And let's have you stand up and practice public speaking that day. Maybe we'll adjust some of your vocabulary because you're coming in with bad habits, using the word help. Instead of assist God and lend a hand, those sort of adjustments I'd be making with the agents so I can make them stronger and give them more self-confidence, letting them know the vocabulary packs a punch.
1: it after, after these 20 plus years that you've been there in, in, in this business, there in Costa Rica and in the business of telemarketing and, and call centers, what is, your, what is, is there still a challenge? Or, or what is your challenge?
0: I guess consistency, since Uh there's a lot of options here, people, there's a natural attrition. They're known as jumpers. Mm -hmm. People that are highly marketable, you want to hire them, perfect English and skill sets. But we compete, especially as I mentioned, Amazon and and other companies such as Teleperformance, Convergys, Concentrics. Mm -hmm. What separates me from others? Well, I give you your dignity here by at least knowing your name. Maybe I'll lose you because of a scheduling conflict or it's closer to your home or a best friend works there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, you're not going to leave because of a walk of shame or I deface you. So my challenge is that sort of thing where we start strong. Why can't we end strong? I Listen, I'm not at the first job I ever had back in Philadelphia. I spread my wings and moved on. But while I was there, I completed the circle. You hooked me up. I'm going to hook it back. We're going to make nice. So if we bump into each other at the mall, we're cool. And in the beginning, I took it personal because I put so much out there. But now it's, you know, it's the price you pay. Mm. I can live with the honor and not have a heavy heart knowing that if someone walked with me, regardless of the outcome, while they were with me, I, I did the best I could with them mm. and encouraged them and knew their day. And it must have been something on their end chris and it's not any sort of culture it's something personal Where they couldn't come to me look me in the eyes and say hey it was great working with you for two years i just don't want to pull a space ghost and disappear
2: right and
0: i respect the person more that comes to me sits down has a coffee and we just talk about their next step in their life or their promotion or they finish their studies chris and they're using their psychology degree Mm -hmm. to get a job here or they're going to travel to the united states or and they're going to move on, and it's a beautiful time that we had together, and and we'll always talk about it, and so you will always capture that moment with them, and they'll let me know I'm the best boss ever, and I'll thank them, and then mm-hmm. you know we move on from there, and that's yeah. that's wicked cool. That, then you know you made it.
1: Okay, well that's good to hear. That's nice. Is is there? A, I was going to ask you what what are you going to do when you grow up? Um, well, in other words, what's what's the next step for you then? I
0: love how you asked that question because let's go backwards. I'm going to be writing children's books. <laughs> I'm going to be or, going backwards. Or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to involve Mindy Goff and Rube Goldberg experiments. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Okay, great. I want to talk about something totally different. It has nothing to do with your business, but that's, I guess it's your hobby. And then this is when I look behind you. Um, I see a, uh, a jukebox and a candy candy dispenser or something like that. Candy that's machine. Correct, yes. Uh-huh. So there's a hobby that you are in pinball machines and jukeboxes, and you have the biggest collection in Costa Rica or in Latin America or maybe even the whole of America.
0: I can't wait to meet the other collectors. Right behind Mm. me here is a beautiful 1961 Ricola Regis. Wow. Here is an antique private stash candy machine. One man's trash is another man's treasure, Chris. And I tell you, growing up in the 70s and 80s, the greatest thing you could do is have five bucks and be in an arcade. Mm-hmm. Pinball was the more difficult game for me, and it was expensive. Uh-huh. And since I have disposable income, obviously, you see where I spend my money, almost like Tom Hanks in Big. You know, he was growing up, but still a child. He buys all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love treasure hunting. I'll drive a couple hours, and I will have a guy with me with a truck to go exploring old jukeboxes or, as I mentioned, pinball machines or retro arcade machines. So I bring them back to the center. I restore them.
1: I don't sell so, them. Or you have somebody else do this for you. Oh, of course.
0: I have experts that have worked at the arcades. These are old school electricians. They know uh-huh. which parts I need to order from the United States, and they can put extra special things on it. And I learn. I'm an apprentice. I, I'm not there to bother them. I'm there to learn what to do if they're not around and the machine's not working. And so... They're very delicate. They're extremely high maintenance. But if Don't you be. can get a classic machine playing and you got the old marquee and if you get a real old machine with the wheel and you look at the play field and sometimes before in the 70s and beforehand, it used to be painted wood so you can sometimes see the cracks in it. <laughs> and you, you can really feel it. And I, I try to hold back my excitement, but it's impossible for me when I see a beauty I'll talk Mm. to the machines. I'll tell them how pretty they are. (laughs) That's amazing. Listen, I'm a sucker for an old pinball machine. And so here's the thing. These Mm. owners, they've been family heirlooms. They've been passed down from grandpa's house, just never played, or one button didn't work, so they never played it. So my expert looks at it, knows the price. We we get it. But they know it's going to a great home. Mm. That's why they're willing to sell it to me. They always tell me to get 50 phone calls, but... I'm the guy that closed them. It's only because I got excited (laughs) because I keep telling her how pretty she is and she has to come home with me. But, um, yeah, it's fun. And the agents, the machines are older than they are. So instead of having a cigarette or being on Instagram or Facebook, Mm -hmm. just zoning out in the corner by themselves, I'm incorporating them into something of my culture growing up in Philadelphia at the arcades in the 70s and 80s so they can do hand-eye coordination, let off
1: steam, recharge, battery are they is, is this your office are we talking you're in your office at this moment
0: oh yeah this is my private office here with the podcast the, the game room is downstairs if you google my website you'll
2: okay see it.
1: and 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 I'm um, um, these costa ricans the locals that, that work for you they must one wander in or walk into your office or, or the building the first time and they they see this american who speaks spanish all of a sudden who has yeah. these Weird machines, they're not weird machines, but this this collection... No, no, I love it. Keep going. No, no, no. This person has these collections and has actually an interest in the other person, in me, and knows my first name, etc. You must must be an oddball out there. Like Willy Wonka. You're expecting it to be cold, grey,
0: boring, threatening... You walk through my arcade. (laughs) What are you (laughs) getting? So it shows them how I treat them, how I treat myself. When clients visit me, how come you don't have machines for your people? Don't you think, my good friend, Chris, Mm -hmm. as culture matters, as matters can be, that when you see something like that, all you can do is smile. In the reception area, there's a jukebox. You can hang out and listen to In Excess before your interview. (laughs) I mean, I want you to be in your best. Stop giving me memorized answers. Right. Turn your paper over and write me three paragraphs of a coming-of-age moment. Tell me a time you beat up a bully, saved a kitten, show me some depth. So when it's a rainy Wednesday, we know what to do because Chris, cultural matters. Yeah, there are things outside the office that are affecting your performance today. And I can't pry and I don't know how much you'd like to disclose, but how can I recharge your battery so you can keep a stable job, pay your bills? And then go leave the office and confront mm-hmm. any sort of challenges that you yeah. have.
1: With a smile on your face, indeed.
0: Or at least with a strong back and chest out attitude. Mm-hmm. At least to be able to take some shots if that's what needs to be done.
1: Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good, it's good stuff, Richard. Thank you very much. I am looking at the clock at the time in the recording as, as, we, as we do. So I'd like to ask you two more questions, if I may. One is, and I'm going to write them down with you. Uh, is can you give us three tips to become more culturally competent from your experience uh, from the U.S. with Latin America or specifically Costa Rica? I always believe the best thing is empathy. By having
0: compassion and understanding for others, at least gives you more of an arbitrary, neutral way to look at something. Mm -hmm. That's why surgeons can't operate on their family. There's emotion. As difficult as it is, if you can look at something separately without emotion and just see it that way, that's excellent. But the empathy is really the compassion. It's the compassion to see it from their point of view instead of having a certain sort of, um, you know, you know disposition of it. And, and secondly, I, I believe that you are a guest in someone's country. Right. And so you need to follow certain rules and traditions. And if you don't know, it's better to ask first. Yeah, uh, It's not embarrassing, even if you need to ask multiple times to make sure you do everything
2: correctly. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and finally, if capable in any sort of way, even the smallest gesture, you should try to pay it forward. To me, I, I was able to do it through employment and money and jobs and education. That, that's wonderful. But if, if even opening a door for somebody Or giving a nice tip to a waiter that was really nice and gave you suggestions. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you see a traveler and you walk up to them and make a suggestion of something that you saw. I I learned that in backpacking. You can kind of sense who were travelers who were in the same sort of current as you. Mm -hmm. And maybe don't second guess those intuitions. You don't need to walk up to strangers and pet stray dogs. But there are certain moments if you're at a museum standing next to something with somebody and you both feel a moment, you can look to your left and say, isn't this beautiful? Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt anybody. True. And then the other person can explain why. And then you could have a wonderful conversation with somebody that shares that moment with you, which could be more enriched. You're still looking at the painting, but, but together. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you get an appetizer of someone's life for a minute. And then you move on and you selectively choose who you believe could have that connection with you and and by doing so you might be invited to dinner somewhere or you might meet somebody <laughs> you might you special. might you, you, it might take you on a zigzag direction and yeah. seeing things you would have never seen before and and those are the special moments my friend that are given to you when you see the signs and the, and it's really right in front of you
1: mm-hmm. Richard, if people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? They
0: can buy a first-class plane ticket, Chris, like yourself when you're in Guatemala and fly down to Costa Rica and come visit me. Uh But if not, I have a very large Facebook fan page, about 111,000 local Costa Rican Tikas. And can't wait to put this on there. You know, you're going to have a lot of new fans. And um,
1: What about Facebook if I want to find you on your name, Richard Blank?
0: Well, it's under costa rica's call center but my website is costaricascallcenter.com and mm-hmm. and richard blank in costa rica you'll see me my machines my art deco building with neon marquees looks like an old 1920s theater i'm into broadway font and stuff like that Wear spat uh-huh. shoes,
1: the whole shebang uh-huh it sounds good it seems like you're you're maybe born in the wrong in the wrong era the wrong period
0: Could <laughs> be true the okay. beauty it is. I was true to my eighteen-year-old self, where I decided to triple down on my life. It's almost a poet's life. Yeah. There's a lot of naysayers and gray believers out there, but fortune favors the brave. Yeah. And if you keep dipping your toe in water and getting reinforced, you might as well jump in.
1: Indeed. But yeah. There's a store. There's a store here. It's a chain, um, and I've seen it in several countries in Europe. It's called Flying Tiger, uh, and they sell they sell little booklets and little thingies and stuff whatever it's all the stuff that you don't need but it's still fun to look at or to have maybe and they have they have a poster on the wall which i which i like to live by um and it says don't grow up it's a trap um and that's and i like i like that slogan um and sometimes my my youngest daughter says yeah dad yeah yeah you are my father but basically you're just a child with a, with a wallet and a driver's license and I like I like that approach, and I, I I see some reflections of that in your in your attitude as well. Chris, I got to share a story with you. I love we, we have one we have one minute left, Richard. Just want to let you know I've been
0: to Amsterdam multiple times, but it wasn't just Amsterdam. I had a friend that took me to Emmen so I could see the zoo outside the city. Take that train back and forth. That's the Richard. And then I came back to Amsterdam. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know there are things outside. Ex- absolutely. The that you can see.
1: Absolutely. All right. I'd like to thank you very much for um, for coming on the show. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. I had a great time. Thanks. Overlooking
1: cultural differences when
0: you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com.